going into my basketball. Every time I rock, man, this is how we rap around. Peace to my man. Now we got the camera out. Every time I spit it, cross over the Hello everyone, this is Josh, also known as Yashu, and you're tuning in to episode 48 of the TLY Talks podcast. You know, we're almost uh, to 50 uh, right now, too, so we definitely appreciate the support and love that everyone's been checking out so far and all that, with the audio, with the visuals, with everything else, too, and, you know, we definitely have to get it started uh, right here and all that, you know, so, um, so he's like the founder and, you know, owner of Jane Street Speaks and all that rapper artists you know activists like all in one and all that uh we had him uh, before uh, on uh, the platform back in like 2019 for one of our write-up interviews and all that had some like dope photos everything else too and his first time on the podcast ladies and gentlemen we have nathan by on the pod you know nathan Wagwan, what's popping people it's by a baby you know <laughs> Yo, let's how- go how are you doing today, man? It's been a minute, you know? It's been a minute, man. I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? I'm all right, man. I mean, it's totally been a minute, you know, just like with everything going on. Because last time it was like back in like 2019 and all that when we were at a studio on Eglinton and all that. And we just kind of like linked up from there and all yes. that, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. And yeah, it's been a minute since then. And um, I'm happy you're still doing your thing. And it looks like you took it to another level. You know what I mean? It's yeah, all man. about leveling up. That's what I'm about. I've been doing my thing too, leveling it, level, leveling it up same way. Yeah, you know man. I mean? Now, most definitely, and we'll definitely uh, get it started right here and all that. And I think just to start off, you know, you know, focusing more on like building the community uh, right now, because I know you're 100% still focused on like Jane Street Speaks with everything going on in Jaden Finch and everything else too. So focusing more on that than on like other stuff uh, right now with your own like personal career at the moment. Have you ever felt like it was something that you like still had to like continue on for a bit too to keep on the legacy to help provide for the youth or... Was it, like, holding you back, like, in a sense and all that? Well, you know, like, um, I think when you're multi-talented, um, it's, like, more accepted now. Before, it was more, like, just stick to one thing. Like, either you rap or you sing or you dance or, you know, you play basketball. Now, I think we're living in a world that allows creatives to be more creative um, so I think, you know, people know me for different things. Either you know me for dance, for music, or my, um, you know, activist stuff. <laughs> so I think, like, I don't let it fight it anymore. I just accept that I do a lot of things, and I let the people take what they want. You know, either yeah. you're going to love me for music or for activism or whatever it is. All I know is I'm living a full life. I'm an artist. I'm in the community. You know, I'm outside and I'm just happy to be doing that. So yeah, I don't really look at it like the music is fighting the community work. And a lot of my community work is music oriented. Yeah. Right. Oh. So I think it's definitely going to be it's definitely a bit of a struggle when you got a, a million things to promote. But to me, I don't really stress it. No, no, most definitely, man, because I know right now, like I think since like 2019 till like now and all that, it was like a crazy gradual change with everything going on, like mm. with my life, with your life, with Jane Street Speaks, with everything going on in Toronto and I mean you know with the pandemic and like everything else too like how did like Jane Street Speaks you know adapt to everything going on uh, right now from you know when the pandemic started like up until like now where you know everything is like sort of like going going back to like normal like in that sense and all that yeah man it, it well you know to be honest I flourished very well so when the pandemic hit um it took away the opportunity to do physical showcases Um, So I launched a partnership with Rise and AGYU to be able to um, do virtual showcases and give people the opportunity to perform from the comfort of their home. Um, So we did that for about, you know, four months. um, And we were able to give about 16K to artists from just performing from the comfort of their home. And then um, from there, I wanted to continue because I realized I have a niche for being a host and hosting artists and talking to artists. So I decided to create a show called Aspire to Inspire in that same timeline that got funded by um, the Art Gallery of York University and another camp in York University. Can't remember them off the top of my head right now, but that got funded again. And I just kept providing people with virtual showcases, um, which was great because all those virtual situations led to the city of Toronto calling me. Um, by the same time that everything is back open to fund our series. So um, I flourished during the pandemic by just, you know, looking at a situation and saying, okay, how can I, you know, maneuver? 
and performing from home was fun and allowing other and paying others to do that was extremely fun as well. And I loved what it turned into now. So, you know, that's just my life lesson. You know, you need to always take, take the punches and roll with it. Yeah, no, most definitely. And I, I don't know if it like opened like many opportunities for other artists that, you know, sort of performed uh, like at that time too. Like if it gained like new doors for people to perform, because I know like in some cases too, like most people have their own gradual phase like during the pandemic. And then like once they start to perform from there, you know, other opportunities like tend to happen where they could actually perform like in front of like many people and all that. And like right. being back like in the stage and all that too. Yeah, man. No, a, a lot of artists that I... Uh, provided the opportunity to were able to flourish from it. Um, just because one man, you know, when you're not performing outside, it's easy to get rusty. So just having that moment where it feels like a show and they're able to organize that from their home and get creative in their own way was great for them. It was great for me. Something they can add onto their resume and they got a little change for it. It definitely blessed me because all that work led to more contracts and more projects. When oh, people kind of noticed that, this guy's willing to do it in the midst of any obstacle. People kind of compensate you for that. No, nah, 100% too. And, you know, even like performing at many events uh, since the restrictions uh, were lifted. Because um, I know like with your music uh, right now, like you just like dropped like, I think free projects like earlier, like within the year and all that. Right. And, you know, you've been uh, more active, like, you know, in the community centers with some of these showcases. Did it help you be in tune with your own career as like a rapper and artist like since then? Yeah, well, you know, like... I loved people and I perform for the people. So it definitely, um, you know, good music shakes the room, you know? So every time I perform anywhere, I'm able to get a lot of dancing in. I'm able to get a lot of good crowd engagement. Um, and yeah, so the music has definitely been a blessing and um, teaching music and teaching dance has obviously helped my craft. You know, it just kind of keeps me in the artist sauce at all times. So, yeah, I would definitely say so. Nah, 100% too. And I think, like, I could definitely say it from my own perspective too with uh, live shows uh, coming back. It has improved and it hasn't improved since then because I think with the whole hasn't improved situation, I could, like, go devil's advocate on that. I feel like some people still have to take time to knowing more about that interactivity between the stage versus, you know, being in that pit and all that too because there are, like, instances where like, many people are kind of disobeying, like, the whole, like, crowd etiquette and all that, too, like, with artists. But I think, like, for, like, the pros uh, right now, I think, you know, it helps uh, people, like, re-alive, like, their mental health, like, in a better state, like, in that sense, too. Since, you know, with the idea of performing and being, inter like, interactive, like, many people being intimate with many people, right. it has, like, kind of got them, like, in that moment, too. And, yeah. you know, even uh, within your opinion, too, with, like, live shows, you know, making uh, comeback since uh, 2021. Yeah. Do you feel like it has started to get back to normal since the pandemic? It's definitely difficult. I think the pandemic affected us in more ways than we are able to understand. Um, I think spending that much time being distant, that much time at home has the world in a bit of a frenzy, um, you know, but I definitely feel like uh, people went without it so long that when it's out there, now people have an understanding of, you know, I don't want to stay home because I've been home for two years. Um, and people used to take advantage of that, right? Now, I don't want to go to the show. I'm just going to chill at the crib. But now people have a bit more of a urgency to step out, you know? So I think it's getting better. And I think I'm definitely a part of helping other artists, you know, enhance their performance ability because um, music is audio. And when you perform, it's a visual representation of your audio. So you should be out there giving that song the best music video through your performance. That's what I believe. I'm so honest. I definitely think um, I'm helping, you know, young artists do that. I've been performing since I was like 12 years old. So I just I just know a bit and I'm able to teach a bit. Nah, 100% too, man. And, you know, I feel like with these shows coming back, you know, I feel like it has opened like many opportunities for many people and all that, especially... I think because, like, there are, like, homegrown, like, promoters and homegrown people, like, in the community that are making, like, those uh, shows come back to give it for, like, other artists, too. Like, I've linked up with, like, many people who have created, like, their own events, too, with um, Studio 145 Co-op, uh, with uh, Bartlett House, with everything else, too. And, like, they're creating these shows, like, these, like, various, like, small, like, areas, like, houses and all that with, you know, photo galleries and all that with like, small venues and all that, like, in, like, the outskirts of town and all that, and it has, like, helped people, like, 
you know, become more accessible to, like, being at the venue to kind of, like, opening up to people within the community, too. And, like, I feel like it's just going up from there. And, like, even with Rolling Loud, too, like, it opened up that same lane for these, like, rappers and artists to kind of perform at, too, and all that. And it's amazing. Hey, man, it's, it's, it's important. I, I rate anybody who has a platform dedicated to helping other people have a voice. I think we live in a world where we silence ourselves way too often out of fear of cancel culture and all these things. And I think music is where people get a chance to speak and just express themselves. And, you know, nobody takes it that seriously because it's just <laughs> someone's perspective. Yeah, it's not someone telling you this is the right way to live. This is the wrong way to live. It's just, hey, this is how I'm living my life. Yeah. If you relate, jam to it. If you don't, press next. Yeah, no, nah, exactly, man. And, you know, I never really asked this question, like, on the last uh, interview that we had and all that. Uh, but what is, like, your creative process, like, when making music? Man, my creative process? So I play some beats. Um, and then I just freestyle on a few of them. When I find something that holds me, I stay on it. Um, I like to get my hook in first. Um, that normally is the base of all my songs. Get the proper hook in catchy hook and then from there everything kind of writes itself to be honest like i used to do a lot of writing music but i spoke to my bros don richie slim Jin, and they are they have been like they just voice record and um keep their voice recording listen back to it and structure their whole song like that <laughs> which to me i thought was dope because not everything is so free i'm not I don't have to write. Like, I'm not... You see most rappers nowadays, they're on their phone with it. Like, Drake, yeah, yeah. And they're just looking mm. at their phone while rapping, <laughs> which to me, counterproductive because you're actually reading. You're reading your words, trying to get your ability to read them on the rhythm. It's not going to work in that way. It's better if you either memorize your verse and it's even fresher in your spirit if your whole time you didn't write your verse, you spoke your verse. Yeah. So it's like, I'll be... I'll say something dope. Okay, remember that. I might voice record it or I might just mentally make a note of it. <laughs> and I don't stop until the song is done. Yeah. But by the time I get to the studio, everything is fresh in my brain, is fresh in my spirit, and it's not written down. It's all in here. Yeah. So that's the only way it comes out, which is why it comes out so fresh, so melodic, yeah. so easy. You know what I mean? <laughs> nah, exactly, man. And, you know, with many situations too, because I know with some artists too, like they have like a different, like, process like even like with the studio too like i've interviewed like many artists that use like candles like in the studio to kind of <laughs> get in that vibe you know some people like either like use like different like types of like lighting and all that too and um especially like with freestyling too because i know like with the whole like you know speaking like with the phone and all that it's not really gonna work too so i think others like use like different techniques and all that and like yeah. one crazy example that i could say is like uh, this guy named uh, finesse two times who's uh, from Memphis and all that. He was, like, in jail for a bit for some other stuff, too. And, like, the way that he would rap is that he would, like, you know, kind of, like, hit the, like, table and all that. Some people would do that, too. I think well, he, he's like... Yeah, like, yeah. he would do, like, this. Right. And, you know, he would kind of, like, flow from there, like, with whatever he would say, like, while, like, batting his hand, like, on the table and all that, too. And, like, others have done that since, like, time and all that with, like, Sugar Tea and all that. Well, I mean, Sugar Free and, like, you know, Warren G and all those other people, too. So yeah. it's, like, definitely, like, finding out that vibe and energy and all that, you know? Hey, man, when you're trying to create something that hasn't been done before or you're trying to just, you know, say, hey, I want to be a part of music, but I don't just want to be in music. I want to push music forward. So when you're trying to do different things or some of the things that, you know, people before you practiced, whatever you want to do to create that record that will shake up a room, I'm all for it. 100% too. And I guess, like, with the studio vibe, like, what's your studio vibe like and all that? Do you put the candle on? Do you kind of change lights and all that too? Do you bring many people and all that? Like, No, I... I, I don't put a candle in there. <laughs> nah, no, no, no candles, yeah. no candles. Um, nah, for me, it's more just like, man, I've been working with my guy, civilian, my engineer, since I was like 16. I'm 26 now. Um, so, you know, he kind of knows what it is. You know, I come in there, he's just ready to work and I'm ready to work. You know, like I... I I have a lot, I have a great work ethic when it comes to the studio. I bang out a lot of songs and I've learned to not just bang out songs and every song is iffy. 
Like, I will focus on a song and go to the next one, go to the next one. So our process is beat, slap it, beat, slap it, beat, slap it. And then we really do take our time with the records. Um, and from there, man, it's all just mixing and mastering, and that's all the fun stuff. But nah, no candles, just dancing, <laughs> a lot of beats, a lot of music. You know, there may be some weed in the session, but yeah, pretty much it. Yeah, man, nah, likewise. Um, I know with music uh, right now, like especially in 2023, it's at an interesting uh, state uh, right now. And, you know, I want to know more about your thoughts on it. Uh, do you feel like it's very unique today or do you feel like it's more like recyclable like when it comes to like the songs and sounds? Oh, a lot of songs are recyclable because a lot of artists are just following the copy paste version of whatever is hot right now. And right now it's the trap sound. It's the... Whatever it is, that's what's really hot right now. And um, there'll be like one guy doing it very well. And there'll be like a hundred copy paste of the one guy. Because in those artists' mind, okay, that's what's hot. That's what I got to do. But what they fail to remember is if music is meant for you to do, there's music in you that is meant for you to do. You don't got to look at me or anybody doing it and copy paste it at that point. You know, you can never be the better version of them. You can only be the be- best version of you, yeah. right? So I would just encourage a lot of artists to just write what's authentic to you. And like I said, don't stress it. If you don't like it, tell them press skip. Yeah. They like it, tell them cool. Thank you for being a fan. Yeah, yeah I'm nah, saying no, nah, most definitely because I feel like with mainstream music, I feel like the creates like I agree with like a lot of people too. It's like the creativity and the uniqueness is like very gone and all that too. It's like yeah unoriginal like nothing like new popping in and all that too it's same sound same style like same element and a lot of it has to do with like you know tiktok and all that with like shortening the music and all that and others it has to do with other influences too because like you know they need like another drake they need like another like ice spice they need another young fug you know cardi b Nicki minaj and all that too and when you force that like on these artists too you know it somehow just becomes like unoriginal and all that and it's hard, like, even find, finding that whole, like, original, like, sound nowadays, too. So mm-hmm. I feel like what has to sort of change, too, is, like, just kind of finding someone that could be that barrier within it. And there are some artists that are kind of making, like, that lean uh, for themselves, too. Um, uh, You could, like, find them, like, on underground playlists or, you know, in the depths of, like, where you could see. But it just kind of depends on your taste and your palate and all that, you know? Yeah, no, 100%, man. I, I think um a few artists are you know, are definitely making a lot of good music and that's, you know, should be celebrated. And I think we need to um, find more time to find new music because so many times we judge music, but we can't really judge it. There's so much music being made. There's someone's making a song right now, um, but you can always tell when um, you're listening to a track and it's like, oh, this is different. Like, this is, it's really good, <laughs> you know, yeah. versus um, cheap music. Like, I remember playing my music for somebody. They're like, man, this is quality music. Because nowadays, te- nowadays, music tells you the story before the music even starts. Yeah. As the song starts, you already know what it's about. You already know what they're going to say, what they're going to do. Nothing really sparks your brain. But back in the day, when you heard a new Michael Jackson track or Prince track, you didn't know what was going to go on. Yeah. There's no way you could determine Michael was going to say, Mama say, Mama say, Mama say. Like, you, you couldn't yeah. tell that that was coming. Or yeah, I'm man. a vegetable or whatever the heck he said in the song. Yeah. How could you determine that those parts were coming in the song? You know, if you can't feed the baby, yeah, yeah. Then don't have, like, I could never tell what was going to happen, which yeah. is what kept us glued to the music because we're just there like, yo, what else is he going to say? And everything he's saying feels so real and so relatable and it's so groovy. Yeah. Like that's when you have a good record. That's why for me, I'll go back to the eighties, seventies. And I rather mess with that music because that music had a groove. That music had intention. It was healing. It was vibrational. It was moving. And there was so much life in the music. Like, I can play you a Bob Marley, like a Michael Jackson or a song. And we'll just all feel that life running through our body. But nowadays, listen to radio. Man, pop that pussy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like, 
after a while, it's like, ah, yeah. can only take in so much 808s. <laughs> <laughs> nah, most definitely, man. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, even with TikTok, too, because um, I don't know, like, how you feel about, like, TikTok nowadays, like, when it comes to music, because it's kind of like the whole idea of making your song go viral. And I don't know if it's, like, a fair, creative, effective marketing strategy proposal for artists to use, or do you feel like it diminishes, like, their artistry in that sense, too, like, if they make music for TikTok? Um... I don't think you should ever make music for TikTok. I think you should just make music and put it on TikTok, put it on Instagram, put it on any streaming platform. And I think like every artist should sit with themselves and see what is their goal while creating music, you know? Um, and I would just really focus on that, on what your goal is. So many people just want to do music and blow up. It doesn't really work like that. Like, you have to have intentions, you have to have aspirations, you have to have an understanding of what you want to do. And you also have to have a character that you aspire to follow throughout your whole career. Because a lot of these guys, like Designer, for example, who unfortunately failed to surpass the image of Panda. You know, he put out some records after that, but they just didn't gravitate towards the same level. But as you look at him in those songs, you look at him in certain interviews, you can tell, now that Panda thing was a character. But the world really took that as him, you know? So you got to ask yourself, am I willing to be this guy for the duration of my whole career? So to, to the guy trying to be a gangster, but who's not, you yeah. know, to the artist trying to be something that they're not. You know, if you make a hit record, which is possible, you're going to have to be that person. Yeah. And if that's not who you are, it's going to suck. Yeah. I feel like, one example that I could definitely relate to is like tell the creator and all that because mm. early, like back then, like back in like 2010, 2011, 2012, 2014, he was making very like grotesque music and all that. You know, he's very... been weird for a long time now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then um, I remembered, I think back in like 2017 and 2018 when he dropped, I think uh, like Flower Boy and all that, like that definitely changed like the whole aspect of his music and all that to be more refined, to be more open and all that because. He spoke like a lot of more open topics about his life, his sexuality, you know, his rise to fame, everything else too, you know, relationships. And it kind of grew better. You know, the quality of his music sort of changed in that sense too with like Igor, with um, uh, Call Me If You uh, Get Lost and all that. And, you know, it's just in the same sense, you know, I think that's when, you know, like you have to have like your arc to change up for a bit too because as you said, you can't drop the same music forever and all that. Like you do have to have like experiences and changes to grow and all that, you know? Life provides you with that. Hip-hop has this way of making us feel like we need to be consistent with music. But if you look at back in the time, Nas waited two or three years. Jay waited some time, too, yeah. before just releasing another record because life has to be lived for the artist to have experiences worth speaking about. Like, you can... I remember Drake had an interview. He's like, music is about what, what do you want to say, you know? So many times people want to just do music and they're doing it as we're talking. They're just doing it. But there's no, they don't have a message, you know. And when you just don't have a message or an energy or an idea, you're kind of just chatting shit and over a beat, you know. And that's not, I don't think that's music. I think that's you speaking over an instrumental I think music is something that is really spiritual. And a lot of people should take that in before just deciding to be a rapper or a singer yeah. or whatever. It's not really meant for everybody. If I didn't have a love for it, I wouldn't do it. I might be behind the camera. I might pick up another job. Because uh -huh. being music, doing music is like, you know, you get paid last, you know? Like the engineer gets paid. The videographer gets paid. You know, you might make your money from show money, but... That's just to pay yourself back for all the studio money you spent, yeah. right? So unless you actually love music, you want to study it, you want to study the business, you want to study the greats that came before you, you're just a fan of the art in general, just happy and blessed that you just get a chance to be a part of this thing, I wouldn't encourage you to do it. Because if you're doing it for validation, clout, you'll be done very quickly, as those things are very fleeing. Nah, likewise, man. And, you know, even with Toronto Music uh, right now, too, because... I think, like, since 2019 until now, the, there has been, like, a lot of changes for Toronto, Ar Toronto artists to kind of blow up and all that. I mean, with the whole, like, clubhouse sessions that happened with Keep Six Solid and Six Buzz and all that, the academics uh, live stream with some of the Toronto rappers and all that, like, you know, with Pressa, with Doovie, with 
I mean, with I think Casper, I think um, even uh, like Killy too, and all that, and then like you know, Rolling Loud Toronto and all that, where it opened for everything else too, for like a lot of artists, like a lot of like profit economy and all that. Do you feel like it's shedding a light in the Toronto GTA music scene as we speak, or do you feel like there's more that needs to be done? Oh, more, way more needs to be done, bro. Like those guys that you're referring to have been, um, man, have been they they definitely been pioneering the city. Like Pressa, Casper, all those guys have been putting out a lot of records for years now. And I'm happy with the space that they facilitate in music. But if you look at the list of names you brought up, that music is um, vulgar. Yeah. We can say that. Yeah. You know, it's vulgar music. It's, 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 it's real. It's about the street life. And that's the real life. I really like a lot of Casper's music. I think he's really talented. Um, and I think that... That's great, you know, but how relatable is it to everybody? You know what I mean? Like, we, we have to think, we have to look at music like music is good when it's relatable to the people. There's not much Michael Jackson songs you can't relate to. You know what I mean? Not everybody can relate to Casper's lifestyle or Presta's lifestyle, you know, or Killy's lifestyle because it's for a young demographic or for a demographic living a certain life or who appeals to a certain kind of sound, which is all good music. Don't get it twisted. But what I'm saying is I know my mom's not relating to that. I know um, a lot of people that I know do not relate to that. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people just want to dance. And a lot of that street music doesn't really encourage dancing fully. It's kind of more like a head bop, one, two, <laughs> you know? Um, so I like to, I, I, I want more Toronto music that's a bit more free, a bit more dancey, more relatable to not just me. You know, I would love to see more of that. Like, yeah. I think what the last um, Let Your Backbone Slide by Maestro Fresh West is, you know, one of those records that yeah. people consider Canadian hip hop and love to dance to. But I shouldn't go back that far. Yeah. You know what I mean? There must be somebody doing music that I can dance to as well. Cause I don't mind the gangster stuff. Um, you know, I think it's cool. I think it's even cooler when they keep it about music. I don't like when they get crazy, yeah. but I definitely feel like I want more dance music yeah. from black folks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like who look like me. Yeah. Cause it's like, they'll, they'll, they'll take it from Justin Bieber or some, yeah. or some, a few white yeah. cats. Right. But yeah. they, it's like, they don't want to allow us to be more than the visual representation of those of those presses and those guys, I love their music. <laughs> I think press is great, but I don't think that we all relate to that. Nah, hundred percent, man. And I feel like uh, Rolling Out Toronto had some of those artists too. I think they had um, Havai Mighty uh, that very was on there. Um, Tara Lord, who's like a dope. very upcoming artist that's like on the rise right now. She was like performing at uh, Rolling Out too. Um, there's like this other artist like named uh, Dom Valley who also performed too. And I feel like if they do add more people like that, like maybe it'll shed light more on creative acts too. And yeah. I feel like, you know, even like tapping with community resources and programs that could help like provide more for Rolling Loud to kind of have those artists. If they do come back to Toronto, it would definitely uh, work out too. But, you know, in that sense to, you know, profit over like, you know, pleasability and all that, like within the community and all that. So, well, they pick who's hot, right? So yeah. I, I, I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? Like they pick who's famous, who's hot right now. So I just feel like, so it's it's a motivation for me. It's motivation for the other artists around. I'm not a complainer, you know. So I I, I have to see it. And I'm like, okay, cool. What do I gotta do to get to that space? I for me personally, I'm gonna put out a lot of music videos, as I recognize people like the visual aspect. You know what I mean? People people wanna people people fall in love with the character before they fall in yeah, love with the music. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like people people forgot that part. If people fall in love with the, the person, their energy, their comedic ability, and then the music is a bonus. You know what I mean? Like the music is just a commercial. Music is not as profitable as it used to be. It's just not, you yeah. know? What's profitable is, okay, cool. People like you and you do music. How can we use your music to sell this t-shirt, to sell this, this, sell that, sell that. So people really should smarten up. Use your fame to, you know what I mean? Like. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, 100%, man. And yeah. 
you know, getting on to uh, part two uh, right now with everything else, which is like a little bit like more personable, like a little more opinionated in that sense too. So yeah, I never really asked this question, but I did like notice it like a little bit further, like when looking at the other podcasts, you know, you talked about, you know, growing up uh, with a lisp, like in that sense too, like briefly. Yeah. So even growing up uh, with it, was it something that set you back to be in your full potential or was it more of an advantage for you to grow to be in your best potential in that sense? That's why I like Pressa because Pressa sounds very different. And I sound very different because of my list. So I just looked at it like, man, if people can take Press's high-pitched thing, <laughs> they can definitely deal with my list. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, it, it, you know, growing up, um, it was hard because I didn't have much friends. Uh, I didn't have much people to talk to. Growing up in Jane and Finch, my mom kept me locked in the house. So there was just no time for me to practice my speech. I was dancing all the time, not really talking to anybody, and um, or I was writing. So when I would talk, I can control it more now, but it would be very easy to pick because I'd speak very fast and my lisp would tongue twist me all the time. And we're not living in a sensitive generation, so I'd be roasted. And, you know, that would just encourage me to not having friends <laughs> and just focusing on my art. And when I started doing more and more and more music and got more control of it. I just made it a part of me. And it sounds dope. I have a little slur, you know what I mean? And yeah, you gotta just, uh, everybody has insecurities, right? You gotta find security for every insecurity because it actually makes you unique. You know what I mean? So I am like, whatever people hate you for, someone will probably love you for it. If you turn it into something powerful, yeah. right? At first, I kept going in my shell when I have those comments. But then I was there like, yeah, so what? I'm so, 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 so sick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I just, I, I mess with their heads. Yeah, and I exactly. make them realize, wait, yeah, why am I hating on the way somebody talks? Because yeah. there's another person who's disabled who doesn't have the option to even formulate words like I can. Yeah. What are you going to say towards them? Yeah. Right? So anybody who's finding time to hate on you, they're not worth time. <laughs> not, not worth time. And I feel with people who have, like, those issues in that sense, too, with those uh, disabilities, like, I feel like a lot of people can find, like, better ways to even increase, like, their likelihood and all that to be more, you know, similar to everyone else, too, and all that sense. And I know some people deal with, like, bullying and everything else, too, and, like, they find better ways to deal with bullies in that sense, too, to kind of make it the joke and all that or to kind of have one up on, on them and all that. And I think, like, that's, like, a good thing to see and all that in that sense, too, you know? I encourage people to practice stoicism. So in my opinion, right, if you told me, man, you always wear the same clothes. Well, I also have the same laundry machine and laundry detergent. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or um, you're so dark. Well, thankfully, my teeth are white. Whatever you want to say, yeah, exactly. there's always a way to flip that initial negativity and give a different core energy. You know yeah. what I mean? And it really allows you to not engage in an energy that's just not worth your time, you know? And a lot of people have a problem with their speech. I'm not, I, I, I've come very far. I'm able to speak and I speak to weak, I speak to a lot of people. You know what I mean? I've spoken to crowds of a thousand people and more. If I had allowed my list to stop me from speaking, you know, I would just have not have done that. Yeah, I've gotten a chance to do a lot in life um, with my voice and I don't plan on stopping. And beyond what I've done, what I, beyond what I've been able to do with my voice, I've been able to provide others with a voice as well. So it just creates a more inspirational story. Why, especially when people know I come from that, having an aggressive lisp and being aggressively, you know, joked about for that. Um, but yeah, a lot of people have a lot of speech problems and they actually don't speak. Steve Harvey is another person who had a real a stuttering problem. Look at him now. Yeah. Millionaire. Family feud and all that. <laughs> exactly. you know what I'm so it's like, just don't let nobody stop you, man. Like, everybody has issues. Yeah. If you're dissing me, you probably are just, you probably have an issue I didn't see yet. Yeah, not you know exactly, I mean? man. Um, you know, I never, I never really even, like, talked about this too, like, on a previous interview, but, you know, you are, like, Congolese, so... Growing up, like, in a Congolese, like, household, mm -hmm. what were, like, the norms and cultures uh, like for you, like, growing up, like, in there? Yeah, man. Um, growing up with Congolese parents is interesting. A lot of a lot of gospel music. 
um, a lot of music. And uh, my parents were, are religious. So it was a lot of that. Um, so I didn't get a chance to hear any hip hop that much, you know, besides whatever played on the radio. So, but you know, like they just taught me integrity, honor, having respect for myself. Um, no parent is perfect. Not that I'm a parent myself, I definitely understand that. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a dope experience. Um, my parents weren't the most supportive when it came to this journey, just because like I said, they're religious. Um, at one point I even asked my mom if I could do gospel music because I just wanted to do music in general. And she still told me no. <laughs> yeah, they just were not, they're not fans of music. They're not, they're fans of listening to music. They weren't fans of the creation, pro creating process. Yeah. I guess they just saw, oh, what is this guy going to have to do to become a part of this thing? And they must have thought the actions were too daunting yeah. while going to school, getting a job is a bit more of a simple process. So it provided them with a bit more ease. Um, but that just wasn't me. Yeah. You uh, know. 100% too. And I think like it has to do more with, you know, cultural standards and all that too. Because, you know, with some like African families and all that, like when they see like hip hop, rap, even though it was created like within the Caribbean and all that by, you know, like dance hall, like Roots and all that from DJ Cool Herc. Right. Some people still see it as like a foundational, like black American type thing and all that. And some people have been uh, trying to prove that too. So I do feel like there is like this whole like norm on having people like getting into music from different cultures and all that. And, you know, showing that, you know, anyone can do it and all that. And if you like put your effort to it. And I think one example too, um, I don't know if you know, like a rapper by like the name of like Nasty C from like South Af Africa and all that. Nah, but I, 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 probably, I probably do want to get to hear him, though. <laughs> so, um, a rapper from South Africa and all that who's worked with, like, J. Cole and, like, people from the Dreamville and all that. So, he had this dream of wanting to become a rapper while he was still in school and all that. And basically what happened is that, um, you know, I want to be, like, a rapper and all that. And, like, while still doing school, his dad was like, you know, I don't know if this is going to be for you and all that. If you can make... So, I have this thing for you. If, if you can make a million dollars you know, within rap, like, by taking that year off in school and all that, you can continue on being a rapper. But if you haven't made that, you know, time and growth and all that, then you have to continue with school. Within that year, he made up to, like, over, like, a million dollars and all that, and he's been rapping ever since. With That's Nasty on... C? Yeah, Nasty C. Uh, I think I think Will Smith's parents told him the same jazz. And yeah. I, I I appreciate those stories, man. But I, I'd want to hear more about them, though. I'd want to look more deeper into things because to make a mill, and like, what kind of, what kind of, what, like, what kind of social expectation is that? Hey, you, you have a year to start a new business and make a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, yo, know. it's just, yo, anybody who's on that nonsense, bro, just stop, man. Like, you will, I don't, maybe back in the day, I don't think you're making an M off of music in one year. It's 12 months, fam. Like, you know what I mean? Like, people, like, like, it takes about, it takes, it takes, like, 10 years, 10 to 15 years to truly get a real, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a fully developed artist. Like, nowadays, there's no artist development, right? So, you yeah. might pop yeah. off of TikTok. What the yeah. heck do you know? Yeah. What do you even know about life? What yeah. do you know about your voice? Yeah, exactly. What do you know about your character? What do you know about your intention? Yeah. You don't know enough. You're a TikTok sensation. <laughs> They're going to yeah. put you in front of that camera, yeah. use you up for your moment, then they're done with yeah. you. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, I would never tell my kids you have a year to figure it out or go to jail or go to school, which yeah. is like, yeah, you know I mean, like, what the heck is that about? Yeah. I mean, oh, you didn't make the million. Okay. And like, that's just stupid. You yeah. know, like I would tell my kids do what you love yeah. and look, either what you love is going to make you money or it's not. Yeah, exactly. That's the truth. Yeah, man. Like I'm like you doing this podcast. I'm sure you're not getting all the money now, right? Yeah. But keep doing it. Sponsors yeah. come in. Keep doing it. Hey, can you feature my commercial in your episode? You keep going because you acquire a fan base over time by just being an authentic person, being a hardworking person, and the universe will, will reward you for that shit. But when you are just doing it to chase a bag. That bag actually yeah. runs away from you. Yeah. Anything you chase kind of runs away from you. Yeah. It, money comes to you when it's like 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I think in that sense, too, I think they kind of looked at it like within temporary money because you can make a good amount of money from shows if you like stack it up, save it. You know, there is like possibility of making that mill, but it's not going to be as like long lasting like net worth wise. But if you could like show it in that sense, too, like it kind of works from there and all that. But I, I, man, once again, a mill is a lot. Um, it's hard for people to make their first million. It's it's like it's really a lot. I, I think um, nowadays with music to make a mill, man, yeah, I, I guess if you're charging fifty thousand show, yeah, you know. But once again, I don't I don't really know who's getting fifty k for a performance as a local artist. It's kind of yeah, I'm, I'm not a dream killer, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. Do what you do, but I know for me, like. I don't focus on the mill, so I know the mill will come to me. Yeah, no. You know, I'm just focused on doing what I love and helping people. And I think that's what people need to focus on. Yeah. You can't take the money with you when you die, right? Yeah. But you leave a long, good, lasting legacy, people will take care of things for you. People will remember what you did and what you poured into the world. Like, we still talk about Tupac and MJ as if they're still around us. But that's just because they left so much work behind that it spoke to so many people right and once yeah. again relatable music yeah. dear mama we all can relate to yeah, that exactly. keep your head up we all can relate to that these new toronto records not many people yeah, can relate no. to that you know no. what i mean so no. that's what i meant 100 no, man and you know getting more onto the whole like jane fincher situation too i've noticed like within like years to come and all that I noticed that there was, like, this weird, like, tension between, like, Northside Jane and Southside Jane and all that, too. Like, you know, with the music and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I feel like it is persistent with your music, but, like, I didn't really know this, like, further until, like, you know, 2019, 2020, 20, 2021 and all that. Um, You know, being a person from there and all that, how did that issue come about and why is it, like, still, like, a persistent issue to this day and all that? Um, Bro, I'm, like... <laughs> That's the thing, man. I grew up in the area and all that drama was happening around me, but I had nothing to do with that stuff. I was just, like I said, it's the first, I grew up at Tobermory 15. For the first 15 years of my life, my mom um, came me sheltered, you know, so I wasn't outside for any of those gangsterisms. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I wasn't outside for that. So the way it affected me was, it's like, oh, your area is dangerous. And, you know, so there's this level of fear. Go to school right back to here. Go to here right back. There's no time for you to just go on a walk and just enjoy the nature and all of these things because you could be an instant, you could be a, a standby. And, you know, it messed me up like that. But once again, it just kind of forced me and fueled me to say, you know what, there's more to my community than this. And you guys pump way too much attention on this stuff. It's like when Tupac was going through what he was going through. Vibe magazine, all of those magazines, they fueled that beef yeah. by making it a marketing scheme, not understanding that lives are being lost behind this. It's like when it was Gully versus Gaza, back in time when Cartel and Movado yeah. did a war. Like, to some people, it was just music. Some people, that was real life. Yeah. A lot of people lost their life from musical wars, yeah. but it's because of how much it was pumped up into them, right? Yeah. So Jane and Finch is no different than another area where white folks kill themselves too or yeah. sell drugs too. It's just the camera is so focused that you only see that part. But when guys like me are doing community work, nobody's around because... Yeah. It doesn't sell as much. Yeah. It sells more to say this black guy shot this guy. And, exactly. You know, but when it's like, yo, Nathan Baye came through, he did yeah. a homeless drive, he did yeah. this, that, and third. Who cares about that shit? You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like it's yeah. whatever. Yeah. All those uh, any all those guys are just lost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, I think in many situations too, because you know, no one really analyzes the community and idea with it because you know, Jan and Finch, it's close to York University too, and there is, like, you know, contributions within that area from York and all that to help out with the people, you know, within, you know, community funding. There is, like, 
stuff for the community center to have like you know stu- um like studios as you mentioned too and like past interviews too and like you know music programs and it is an amazing thing to sing uh to see and all that but like not a lot of platforms are showcasing that and like you don't see like six buzz or keep six solid or like real toronto news like even like posting the programs that the jane and finch community center or these like small feeder like apartments and areas are hosting but like they'll post the whole like north side south side situation too and all that and well they should feel ashamed of themselves they should feel ashamed of themselves because after a while when you have a platform you must take some responsibility and you know like this is a small city so it feels big but it's small and when these guys just promote things that influence the people poorly they know what they're doing they're getting the numbers from it, you know, but take that same platform and post about a program, post about uh, an artist who has a dope message and a dope song. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think I've seen them post a few artists like the Havaya Mighties and though, and I appreciate yeah. that. But I think if like all you're doing is posting people out of character, it's like, man. Because those people are going to grow up one day. (laughs) And that embarrassing moment that they could have had be personal is now out in the world. Yeah. And a character is formed from it. Yeah. Now other people are going to see that, think that speaks for Toronto, or think that's what they should aspire to be. You know, and I think those things are truly unfortunate. Yeah. No, 100% too. And, you know, leads to a whole idea of, like, gentrification and everything else too. So I know with Jane and Finch, like there is like some gentrification happening with the connections area. They tore down and all that. Mm-hmm. I think some parts of Driftwood had been changed. Do you feel like that the gentrification, the gentrification and the change of cost of living has ruined the area of, or Toronto like in general? Well, gentrification does suck. Never, that, that definitely doesn't feel good to look at your neighborhood and see things tear down. But I think, um, you know, you got to... I'm also not for these guys living in the same area for 25 years of their life. You know, I think you got to wake up and realize you don't own the block. You don't run the block. The block is a mental block. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of these guys create this character, this these, these streets anthem. You know, around South Side of Jane, whatever it is, <laughs> you do not own shit here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the government can come and fuck this place up right now, yeah, exactly. and you're gonna have to move to wherever they send you and your family to. So, I create. I love Jane and Finch, but I am not Jane and Finch. That is just where I grew up. I created Jane Three Speaks as an homage to my community. But I definitely don't walk on stage and say, Jane and Finch, stand up or whatever, (laughs) whatever, because that is just where I grew up. And too much people are attached to where they grew up and they build a whole identity around it as if there's not a whole world we're living in. You know what I mean? Like there's a world with countries and continents and shit. (laughs) You don't got to stay married to the four corner walls. And I think for me, when... Growing up, when things are a struggle like bus fare and things like that, you don't look at a plane as an option. You know, you look at that plane in the sky, you look at the fact that you only have $2 for the bus, you don't really think it's an option. Yeah, exactly. But luckily for me, my art um, put me on a few planes and I was able to see so much more than my community. And from there, it was like, oh, how much is the plane trip? Only $1,000. What? <laughs> I was tripping. I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm seeing this cost racks. Yeah, exactly, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, wait, I can I can go here for four bills for five. You know, you just yeah. start, like, because your mind is so closed. You know what I mean? Like, so I rather all those young guys, yo, take your money, go travel the world. Yeah, exactly. See man. if you still act the same, think the same. When you're yeah. able to see, there's so much more to life. Like Nipsey yeah. Hustle is a great example because he's a street cat as well. But he went to um, he went to Africa. And he was able to go see things. And you can tell how much that shaped him as an entrepreneur, yeah. shaped him as a person. And a yeah. lot of these African or Caribbean children are here uh, identifying with Canada and Toronto, forgetting their roots, forgetting why their parents struggled to bring them here. And, you know, like, 
do what you want, man, but don't stay married to one community. Yeah, exactly. It won't serve you. Yeah, no, exactly. And I definitely agree with this idea of, you know, you have to be more than like Jane and Finch and all Come that, on, you know? Man, of course. Like, I think one example, it's out of, you know, here and all that, but Oblock and all that in Chicago and all that, because a lot of people still glamorize like Oblock till this day and all that. You know, since King Von died, you know, like a lot of these kids and a lot of these people glamorize it with interviews, with documentaries, with other stuff too, even though it's going to be like tore down and all that and bought like by like another like realtor and all that. But there are like actual people that love like Chief Keef, Little Dirk, King Von and all that, that go to O Block till this day and treat it like a tourist spot and all that you know, taking photos, meeting up with the people, like even media platforms like No Jumper went to Oblock and all that. And it's still like a crazy thing to this day because an area where, you know, a lot of like low income and a lot of people who are in like subsidized housing and all that, you know, they live there, they have different conditions, you know, they're be being treated like, you know, zoo creatures and all that by these people, you know, like recording stuff, you know, taking photos of these people and all that. And it's like a crazy thing to see and all that. Yo, you're celebrating death. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, Chief Keef might be still alive, yeah. but there's a lot of people who died around him. You know what I mean? And that's no shot to, to, to Chief. That's just, a, that's just, this is just what happens when I claim O block or you claim L block or whatever, <laughs> whatever you claim. Now our blocks are this or we're fighting because what are we fighting for? Yeah, exactly. More status? Like, do you have a SIN card? Do you have a do you have a, a, a job resume? Can you read? Exactly, like all of man. these things that are actually yeah. important. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like that will propel your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't put old block on my resume and feed my kids, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like these guys, man, I think this is what happens, right? They'll be like the one famous guy yeah. right here, right? 20 dudes around the one yeah. famous guy. Those other mm. 20 dudes. They have to find importance in the crew. 50 Cent spoke about this before. So those 20 guys, they'll create violence. They'll create drama to protect the main guy. The main guy doesn't really need their protection. But because they don't have worth, they must create their worth. So they create problems. And then they take care of the same problems that they create. So it's unnecessary. You know what I mean? That's why in those music videos, one guy but 20 guys dancing... All those guys are not the main artists. They're not the main act, but they're there um, spending all their time around the main thing because it makes them feel important. Yeah. So to me, it's like, yo, it was cute at first, man, but, you know, you got to... <laughs> yeah, because imagine if, yeah. like, Jane and Finch, like, at anywhere and all that, like, I could drive around in a tourist bus, like, hey, guys, we're going to go all the way to Jane and Finch. We're going to go to where Doovie shot his music video, where... Pressa shot his music video where, you know, Bundog saw like a dead body and all that. And you get these people like interested and you treat it like a zoo rather than, you know, treating it as a community where people like live there. You know, people have to live, take rest, you know, deal, deal with all these issues, go to the community center. And that's what most people don't understand, too, because they feel like it's just some zoo rather than, you know, where people live and all that. And I think there has to be people to tell them that, you know, this is where we're living. Like, this is what has to be changed and all that to kind of understand, like, why we're living this way and all that, why the community is, like, not at its best and all that. And it takes time and all that, you know? It's, like, don't glamorize, like, an area that I'm only going to live in, like, temporary and all that, you know? So Yeah, well, man, it's, 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 it's interesting, you know, because it's, like, I always say I don't mind the content. Because the content speaks to the quality of the area. Yeah, exactly. So if you change the area, then the content will change. Yeah, exactly. So all these guys are speaking about their real life experience, which I don't joke about. I think it's really real. I'm more just afraid for the artists that this is not their real life. Not and exactly. then I'm also concerned for everybody because if this is your real life and you're talking about it on music, you know what's next, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's like... I just don't think these things are things to glorify. I think your average gangster back in the 70s or 80s or whatever, and I'm at, uh, they didn't really talk on camera. You know, they didn't really show themselves. Yeah, exactly. But nowadays, people are killing themselves, right, to create a persona for their music. 
So I got to catch a few bodies. I got to sell a few drugs so that by the time I make the music, you consider it real. And that to me is when it's really dumb. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because you're, yo, if you have to go kill people and sell drugs to make music, you're probably not making very good music. Yeah, no, exactly. You know what I mean? You, if you want to make good good music, you don't got to kill nobody. You don't got to sell no drugs to make it, man. You just got to do the music. And people sold drugs as a means to be able to do music, as a means to be able to sustain themselves, sustain a living, take care of their family, right? These these cats are doing something different with it. They have, like, moms and dads and shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and still tell, you know what I mean? Like, it... it yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Man. Unless oh. your mom and dad have absolutely nothing, and even Jay Z and them spoke about it. They now have said it. If there was, if I knew there was a way of making money that I did not mean to sell poison to people, I would have done that. But when your entrepreneurship skills are not all the way there yet, they'll do what's the most readily thing available to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? likewise. And you know, getting on to a topic right now, you know, your father, you know, a father of two, and all that. So. What were some things that changed for you, like, when you had those kids? And what are some things that most people don't recognize or understand with someone in your position with children that they should understand? Well, having a daughter and a son is um, very healing because it forces me to heal the feminine version of me and the masculine version of me as I'm constantly in face of those versions of me. And it's definitely not... Um, all cute and dandy. People like to just, you know, post the, the baby picture, say, yeah, congratulations and all that stuff. But hey, man, when it's you and that baby, it's just you and that baby. So for me, what changed for me is just, you know, like, man, the, the best way to describe it is just patience. I've had to learn a lot of that. I've had to learn a lot of patience, humility, um, I've always been a kind of upstanding dude, so that didn't really mean to change, but it's definitely, I, I think a lot more before I act now. So she's my daughter, you know, like before her, I, women were always valuable to me, but women definitely took a different level of value when you have your own little girl in the world. So yeah, someone in my position, that's why I think the way I do, that's why I speak the way I do is because my kids are watching, right? Yeah. So I'm not trying to, have guns in my video and yeah, exactly. a bunch of dumb shit because my kids are watching and I want my kids to be able to understand you can make good music and just be you. You don't got to be nothing else but you. Yeah, no, most definitely. And, you know, even being in this like relationship uh, with, you know, the mother like of your children and all that, mm. Um, I don't know if you guys are like still together and all that, uh, just trying to make sure and all that, but um, do you feel that society should encourage the idea of like marriage and like long lasting like relationships, you know, within the black community and all that? I think we're definitely missing the black family. And I think nowadays it's really hard to, cause I, I spoke about this with my partner as well, where it's like, you look at, you look at most TV shows, right? Um, name me one good black family. Yeah, I mean, you can't, it's really hard to, because you look at Everybody Hates Chris. Julius worked all the time, um, lived in scarcity. Rochelle was verbally abusive, very angry towards those kids. You look at Fresh Prince. It's um, Uncle Phil is not respected by any members of his family, constantly joked around. This is a black man who's a lawyer who has a high paying job, who's financially taking care of everybody being disrespected every day. You look at my wife and kids, same jazz. The dad's a joke and everybody doesn't respect him. Um, Man, Cosby, not a dad or a mom, is a grandpa and look at how that that shit turned out. Um, So there's not a lot of good examples, man, of like, of a serious black family structure that we respect. You look at whites, they got a lot of shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, Seven Heaven, <laughs> yeah. all that good stuff. You know what I mean? They, they have a lot of good examples of I can mirror my family to what I'm seeing here. So for me, when it came to how I'm going to lead my family and even seeing myself as a leader, I was understanding that I don't have much good representation on TV 
So a lot of us are starting from scratch. A lot of us don't even have a good dad and mom back background um, to, you know, facilitate. So for me, I was definitely painting from an empty canvas. My parents are separated. Like I said, there's not much good examples on TV. Um, so because I'm painting from an empty canvas, like a painter, you make mistakes. But one thing I, when I lose my character around my kids or my kids lose their character because they're just kids, <laughs> I always tell myself we're family. Yeah. And this is what family goes through. Likewise. I'd be lying if I said I'm 100% a leader every single time around my kids. Oh, yeah, you know I mean, that's just not possible. I'm a human being. And when you look at a human being, you have to accept human beings have done a lot of crazy stuff. And I'm a part of that race. So it's like you're a part of a race that has killed crusades and slavery and all these things, right? So to think that you would be perfect is kind of counterproductive. Yeah. You're definitely not doing that shit, but you should definitely not think a mistake means I'm a failure. You know what I mean? There's human beings who have done a lot worse than what you've done. So I just always say, pick up where you left off, apologize, and work from there. Right? Likewise, man. Uh, just to like kind of like skim like some of the topics uh, for a bit too, uh, with Olivia Cho being like the new mayor of Toronto, do you feel like change will be for the better or do you feel like there's more work uh, that needs to be done yeah you know my my journey with, 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 with politicians is funny i just end up meeting them throughout my career yeah. but um olivia chow i think i'm happy to see a woman in that position i think for my daughter it makes me happy i definitely think she will bring some light to the situation but I, the power is in the people man don't wait on no politician or nobody. The power is in the people. If the people want change, make the people make it happen. Because we mm -hmm. run things. We don't understand. We give six buzz. We give all these people. We give them a platform. If we all decided that, hey, I'm going to have my this and I'm going to have my that, it would happen, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I look forward to the change that Olivia Child will create. But I know that the change is on me. So I'm not really yeah. waiting on anybody. Likewise, man. And uh, do you have any uh, regrets in your, in your life or of your own or do you regret nothing? I think regrets to me is like thinking in the past, right? And the more I've been reading this book called The Power of Now. Um, I can't remember the name of the author exactly, but he speaks a lot about identifying with the present moment. That the past has already happened and the future hasn't happened yet, but the present is a present. So in life, it's very easy. If you think about your past, you're only going to go back to the negative stuff. You know what I mean? Like really, really do people think about their past and they bring out some good stuff. Maybe when they're going through a nostalgia moment with a good friend, but a lot of the past is, oh, this happened to me, that happened to yeah, me, exactly. right? And a lot of the future is, I need this to be happy and I need that to be happy. And when this happens for me, but if you're always living in the past and you're always living in the future, are you ever present, yeah. right? So I have no regrets. I think everything happened the way it was supposed to. And when I make those mistakes, I understand that's the only way to learn. Oh, true. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that's what school doesn't teach you. You make mistakes, you learn a life lesson, and that is a blessing. You yeah. got to experience that. You know what I mean? You're still alive, learn from it. And then now when someone is going through it, or they went through it and they're struggling to forgive themselves for what they did. You're able to say, hey, man, I did it too. It felt terrible, but I moved on and I grew yeah. from that. And no. anybody can grow. No, definitely. Uh, I definitely agree with you, man. And like, it is something to kind of follow through and to even take lead on. And it's something that should be in charge and all that, you know, so. Hundo, yeah. hundo, man, hundo, yeah, hundo. Man. And uh, what's uh, next for you in terms of like any of the music, creative projects, or showcases uh, and so forth. And do you have any uh, closing remarks you'd like to say? Yeah, yeah. So I got Party on by happening on August 26th. It's going to happen this Saturday. Um, this Party on by I'm collaborating with my organization, James B. Speaks. We're going to make it an open mic style. Doors open at seven. Doors open at six. Show starts at seven. And it's going to be a lit vibe, man. I think Party on by has been a series I did every year to celebrate my life. And not only my life, but the life of all black creatives. As I started this series at a time that a lot of us were dying, to be honest, you know, and I just felt like we always hear so much about death, you know what I mean? Especially when you come from Jane and Finch, but I'm like, yo, we don't celebrate life enough. 
So it's just a good time to celebrate music, dance, community, and culture, and you know everything I've been able to do. So I look forward to Saturday. And yeah, I got three albums, Baya, Baya Baby, and Baya Mode. Um, I always say my last name is really um, uh, pricey and catchy because, you know, Baya Cinema, Baya this, Baya that. I'm, I'm going to work on it. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, I got music out. I got shows coming out. Man, you got to just follow me. And I'm going to have my own podcast soon, too. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I love engaging in conversation and bringing authentic truths to the world. Yeah, man. No, we definitely got to see that, too. I'll, I'll definitely, like, tap in for sure and all I'll, that. I'll bring you guys a guest yeah. on my show. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Yo, so, Nathan, you know, thank you for of pulling course, up brother. and all that. You know, likewise, it was a pleasure having you on again and all that. And, you know, we'll definitely tap in more more discussion, more everything and all that. And, yeah, man. And, you know, this is Josh, also known as Yashu, episode 48 of TLY Talks. You can get it on any other platform, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, I always say this every other time, but definitely tap into those and all that. And, you know, definitely uh, tap into Nathan Bayer and all that. You know, check bam, out bam. his music, everything else, too. And, you know, that that's a wrap, man. You know, Josh, also known as Yashu, TLY Talks, episode 48. We're done. Boom. Uh-uh. <laughs>